0: Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources in how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. I love whenever I meet people who live an inspiring narrative. It's one of the things that immediately attracts me to people. And it doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, or child, if your narrative is uplifting and you have a genuine love of people, I'm immediately leaning in. People are amazing. Don't let the media tell you otherwise. One of the great gifts of this show for me has been to be in dialogue with people who are so inspiring to be around. I seek out people who are wise, funny, uplifting, and most of all have a love and fascination with people in their lives. And I wanted to ask you, dear listeners, is there a guest that you think would be great to be on the show? Someone who fits the above description, it could even be yourself. If you do, feel free to reach out to me on BasecampforMen.com or contact me on Facebook and let me know. Getting good guests is a dynamic process, and I appreciate your help in making Basecamp all it can be. So thank you. And speaking of inspiring guests, today I have the privilege of speaking with Debbie Handrich. Debbie Handrich is a former writing professor who took her love of a good story and blended it with advanced training to become a life coach. She helps people understand and articulate their own life story so that they may speak from any stage with confidence or write a compelling book. She is best known in recovery and entrepreneurial circles as one who transforms her clients from overthinkers to successful authors. She offers a weekly and live radio show titled Story You Talk Radio, which features new authors, compelling stories, and live coaching. Here is my interview with Debbie Handrich. Debbie, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It's great to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be with you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it was so fun. Uh, I was just on your show, Story You Talk Radio, just a few weeks ago. So this feels like a natural kind of continuation of what you and I were talking about. That was, you have a nice setup over there with your studio. I was a little jealous over there. I was like, wow, your sound editor is right there. And yeah, pretty impressive.
1: It's good stuff. And as soon as you want me to walk you on over there and set up your Tony Rizak studio, you've got it.
0: Yeah, that's something to think about. I was I was having a little studio envy there. So, I realized from talking to you that we both have a love of the hero's journey or the heroine's journey and You know, I came across Joseph Campbell when I was in my early 20s, and that's what kind of started for me this kind of fascination with the hero's journey. He had all these books, and I was like, whoa, this guy has done his homework, like categorized all these different hero's tales from uh, Lord of the Rings to Star Wars to all these cross-cultural references to the hero's journey. And I didn't know it at the time, but it ended up becoming a context and a frame for my own life. I didn't know it at the time, but I became smitten with this idea of being the hero in the middle of a story and facing down inner demons on you know, my quest to have a courageous life. How did it come to you? Did, you? did you discover this sort of idea of the hero's journey through Joseph Campbell? How did you come across it? Were you really young or was it, was it fairly recently that you came across it?
1: Well, I was one of those late bloomers. I started college at 23, and right before graduating, I realized I needed more credits in literature. So very few things were available, and I signed up for mythology, thinking I don't even know what that word means. And it was totally Joseph Campbell. It was all these archetypes, and I was hooked. I just, I saw myself everywhere. But the one thing that, I don't want to say it bothered me, but it caught my attention was that it was called Hero. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I'm a hero, right? As the journey and the archetypes and all of the readings sort of got into my being and I graduated and I went on to teach literature for years, I just, I kept coming back to it. I kept, teaching courses that dealt with the outsider, that dealt with the outlaw instinct we have as a teen. And pretty much I was teaching from memory, a lot of hero's journey and my students were doing very well. And it occurred to me, I need to go back. This is, you know, 15 years after getting a degree. And now I've been a college professor for some point. I went back and I started to study Joseph Campbell again. And eventually I retrained as a life coach. And I went, you know what? Nobody's talking about the heroin side of all this. Mm -hmm. The layer that is so deep, she sits back and she allows more than he takes action and goes for it. And it's such an incredibly interesting component to it. I'm going to trademark it. And call myself a teacher of the heroine's journey. And bam, that's what I did.
0: I love it. I love it because women are so courageous. I mean, the women I know, my wife, my friends that I know, there is tons of courage in women. Carol Pearson, she wrote The Hero Within, but she didn't use the heroine tag. She went with hero, almost indicating that it's not a masculine, feminine word, but it does kind of lean towards the masculine, right?
1: Whoa, totally. I have her book. There's almost nowhere in that book that isn't highlighted.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) I mean, I love Carol Pearson, and I know you got to meet her, and I'm so jealous. But she had the ability to bring out these archetypes and talk about them. so she inspired me to think about the idea that the heroine's journey that I was bumping into wasn't really a female thing. It was an energy that men have and that women have. And the hero is an energy that men have and that women have. And I just wanted to teach more of that intuitive, seductive, thoughtful, leaning into energy that is in all of us, but we might not tap into it if we don't have a name for it.
0: That's beautifully said it's funny i have the same tattered hero within from carol pearson all this markings all over and i interviewed her and she's really soft spoken and kind of shy it was really cute kind of an introvert and it was really sweet um in your mastermind classes i saw you you work with archetypes so this is an approach that you've taken and There's a lot of archetypes to choose from. So in the men's work, we work primarily with the warrior, king, lover, magician. That's kind of what we've been handed. And there's a lot of... Those are good. Those are good. And there's a lot of processes. If you work just with those four as a man, you're going to uncover lots of new tools and resources. You'll become different over time as you work with them. Which ones do you pick to work with? Or do you mix it up? Or do you say, no, I really like... You mentioned the outlaw earlier... Is that one that you like to work with or, you know, how do you go about picking them or do you have some that are kind of your ones that you love to go to? You
1: find that as a person identifies with an archetype, there's also another one that's sort of supporting it underneath in their younger years. Those warriors often have elements of the orphan inside of them. Or those rulers often have elements of the outlaw, the really rebellious, you know, 12-year-old yeah. that was smoking dope on the corner and selling it to the neighbors before anybody else. But what I find interesting is to never have limits of where a person is willing to go. Hmm. People identify early on in their conversations what's up for them. And if I get too book heavy, I lose them. So often we'll talk about the archetypes in class some, but I'm using the archetypes in the background more than anything to help me relate to them, to help lean into them, to invite them to lean back and to just let them know what they're going through is so normal. It might not be common, But it's so normal. And the fact that they want to unpack this is what will lead them further down the life journey they are here to serve on.
0: That's beautiful. You definitely touch on getting them clear about a life purpose in your coaching.
1: Yes, my work is around that.
0: I love that. I love that. That is like really serving, for me, serving the divine or serving the greater good. And also people that I know that live from mission or live from purpose they're on fire. They're super inspiring to be around no matter what their purpose is. So I think the more you can inspire others to live from purpose, it's like a fire that just keeps spreading around, right? The more people can be in their hearts and be in mission, the direction we're going is better and better. So um did you always see yourself as a writer and a writer's coach? Like was that evident when you were a girl? Were you like I love writing most of all or for me I didn't start calling myself a writer till I actually had a book out because I just really didn't see myself that as all. It was just I had some ideas and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I wrote a book. I guess I can legitimately call myself a writer now. But
1: yeah, good it job.
0: Still doesn't come easy to say I'm a writer, you know, but when did you start getting in love with the idea of this?
1: I think for most of us, when we say we're a writer, we feel like we're saying I'm the next president of the United States of America. We feel like this incredible fraud, like There can only be one and it couldn't possibly be me. So I would say it was my mom who really instilled the idea and she did it very intuitively. Talk about a woman on a heroic journey. She was a little overwhelmed when my baby brother came along. He's six years younger than me. And one thing she used to do all the time was she would pick him up and say, Debbie, go read your brother a story. Well, I love to read stories. I, I was you know, a first grader way ahead of others. I loved story. But the thought of writing, that wasn't in my repertoire at six years old. But I would make up these stories for him. And because my vision is bad, I would just make it up. I wouldn't read a lot of it. I'd just <laughs> turn the pages and let him see the pictures. And this was a bonding time for us. But then he'd go, do it again. And I'm like, oh, I just made that whole thing up, you know? <laughs> and, and so I, I think I was being trained as a fiction writer because, you know, those elements of character and drama and intensity and, and resolution and all of that was coming out in these stories. So I got to tell you, I knew I always wanted to teach something and I fascinated myself with the idea of writings, uh, kind of the way people fascinate themselves with, I'm going to be the next president or the next Oprah. But I didn't ever take it seriously. And in fact, I was so scared of being a writer that I married one to get mm. myself off the hook. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll be the teacher. You be the writer. We're done. That's good. That works. And later, Uh, he really encouraged me to own the writer in me. And I really encouraged him to own the teacher in him. So it all worked out.
0: That's great. That's funny that you married a writer. I, I married an actress. And when I was in New York with Lisa... They would say, oh, you're a shadow artist, meaning I really wanted to be an actor and artist myself, but I didn't have the courage at that time. So I married one, right?
1: Same thing. Yeah.
0: I wanted to get close to the fire and and see what that was going to be like, but not have to commit to my own hero's journey at that point, right?
1: And that's the shadow side of our hero's journey that leads us to our purpose. So it all unfolded for you. Your wife, and I know your wife, she is a beautiful human being. Your wife allowed you, as she was living her heroine side, gently, you know, fall into the shadow, see what it's like, and not have to go out and be the warrior yeah. at that moment, but to to claim courage softly, warmly yeah. in your own time.
0: That's so great. So beautifully put. I, I remember she went to drama school. I didn't want to be an actor, but I thought... The classes she took were so cool in drama school. Like they had all expression and dance and scene study and all this stuff. I'm like, that sounds so much fun. Like there's a part of me that really wanted to do it. And there was a part of me I saw what she did when she would perform and stuff like that. And it just scared me. I was like, oh my God, that is so terrifying what she's doing. She's in front of all these people and she's out there, you know? So there was a part of me that was like, oh my God, it's so scary. But I was also attracted to these kind of deeper processes that she was going through, right? I was going to go through my own with the men's movement, but you know, I got my first glimpse at it when she went to acting school and I got to see, wow, there's a lot more to learning than just reading books, you know?
1: Yeah. And those attractions, they end up telling us so much about our purpose and what we want to do. So I think it's wonderful that you chose Lisa, the actress, and that you kept that fire alive so you could follow that journey even further.
0: Absolutely. I noticed on your, on your show, you have an episode titled Top Writing Secrets. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. Like For me, I want to know what your top secrets are that you can share with us. And then I want to get some coaching with you about your group because I'm a little stuck with my writing. But first things first, what can you share with our listeners about Secrets for Writers?
1: Because I'm so dedicated to the idea that we lean in to where we're supposed to be at that moment, I wanted to share top secrets that weren't about being a big published author. And so I started with a secret, which is that it's really important to commit to a journal before you commit to writing a book. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this is that I got my first journal when I was 10 years old. And it had a lock on it with a little key. It, you know, It was from my grandma. I still have the key. I still have the journal. The lock is long since broken. The neighbor read it. She told everyone, whatever. But what it did was that early days of journal gave me a, a safe place to go. Well, writers are always looking for a safe place for their writing. And the reason they don't publish is because the world is not safe. There's critics everywhere, right? They're just everywhere. So you have to be able to come home to yourself on your heroine's journey and put your ideas in a place that you know is safe and develop trust. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, if you decide to publish your work, and you probably will, you're going to have to have a trust with yourself that you did your work, you did your purposeful work in this world in the face of critics. You're going to need some armor because the journaling life is very safe. Publishing life was never meant to be safe, but it requires a similar courage And if you commit to a journal, you're getting in the practice of developing yourself as an adult, as a writer, who now stands in her own power and says, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I'm backing. That's why I'm here.
0: Got it. Commit to journaling is one of them. Commit
1: to it before you commit to the book and see how that feels. Yeah. Does it feel wimpy? It will. Mm -hmm. I'll warn Mm -hmm. you, commit to a journal, anyone can do that. No, anyone can buy a journal, anyone can write a few pages. Committing to a journal means starting to see what voice in there is real and trusting and how deep are you willing to go with your story. It's kind of like a diet. You know, anyone can sign up for a membership at a gym, but are you going to go? Right. You know, that's a very different thing. I can go once a month to a gym, but ask me if I can get there four times a week. Different story.
0: Yes, exactly. I have a friend that I want to connect you with because he really wants to write a book, a sci-fi book, but he's not doing any writing. And I pointed out, it's not going to just write it in one fell swoop. Like You're going to have many iterations. You've got all these chapters to write. Like If you're really going to be serious about it, you've got to start. But I don't even know if he's journaling. I think it's driving him crazy. I think he's got this book in his head, but he's too scared to start. I think he's making it, I got to write this book in this lifetime, but he's not like, let me start to get this moving a little bit, right?
1: we are helping me remember now why it's so important to me too, to have people journal. It's the bridge between I want to write a book and I'm going to claim I'm a writer. Because if everything's in your head, you don't yet have practice as a writer. Are you really going to make time for this? It might be that people think I want to be a writer when actually what they want to do is express their story and they don't want to write it down. So it's important to buy that journal and see, is that your form of expression or is it that you want to be a public speaker or something else.
0: Right, it could go someplace a different direction. It's not necessarily a book, like you're having the impulse to write a book, but through the creative process, it might be something else. You might be writing speeches for yourself and you're, and you're somebody that's really good at giving talks. That might be your hero's journey.
1: Absolutely. There's no fault and there's no failure in not writing a book. There yeah. is only failure if you don't do anything at all.
0: Right. That's beautiful. Um, When you were talking about fear of critics, I realized, and I wanted to get some coaching from you because I'm realizing that part of my responsibility to the show is to put out a lot of posts on social media, but I don't really like it. Mainly because it doesn't feel connected to my creative writing voice a whole lot. I'm putting out what the show's about or whatever. I don't really like it. I don't like promotional writing too much, but it's on me. And then I have this desire... And I know you have a group that has started up and you gave me an invitation for So I wanted to ask you... I wanted to explain what's going on with me and then just get your coaching on it. And if you think this group that you've got would be a good fit. So You betcha. I want to write a second book. I said this summer, I would outline my second book and I was hoping to have it written within a year but i'm in a different place right now when i wrote my first book i didn't have that much going on like i was working and writing and hanging out with the family and there was a, there was ample time i wrote the first book 5 years ago i cannot believe how much more is on my plate now part of it is my leadership has grown i'm yeah. in a different chapter of my hero's journey doing the show and i run men's groups and i coach men and I cannot find time to write at all, really. Like, I write episodes, but they're just like I interview you and then I write the before and after, and it's all kind of done on the fly. I've got seven days to get the episode done, you know. So, everything is about the show and my life and all the teaching I do. And then also, the other part is I've got the social media stuff that would help the show and is expected of me, and I don't like doing it. You know, if I'm going to write, I want to write. Meaningful stuff about the second book, not necessarily just putting stuff on Twitter or something like that. So,
1: oh, I get you. You know, I, I get you. If I could escape social media forever, <laughs> I, I, I would. And yet, I, I've come to understand that if I don't fall in love with aspects of it, I won't prosper. Mm. So, I want you to think about this as a homework assignment. You have things in your life right now that are feeding you. Mm -hmm. So you have your men's groups, you have leadership groups, you have your family. And to some extent, everything you're doing in your life speaks to your brand. Mm -hmm. So I want to challenge you, just take a couple nights a week that you say, you know, I'm blocking off this 20 minutes before bed, this day and that day. And maybe it's after a men's group Where you come home and you write three, four, five paragraphs about what just got you going that night. What was so inspiring to you? What you're gonna find is A, you have content for your book. Mm -hmm. You're gonna find B, it's stuff you want people to know about. And you're also gonna find that if you just edit it a tiny bit, it's a great social media post.
0: Got it. Okay. It's
1: what people want because often the reason we're not indulging in our book or indulging in social media is because we're related more to our title or Mm. the archetype of I'm the warrior of my business, you know? But what if we just related to our life? You know, that's the feminine side of the journey. What if we just relate to the story that grew out of one evening with those men? The story that grew out of one night at the baseball game with your son. Right. Whatever it was, write it down. Or if you absolutely don't have time, pick up that iPhone and speak it into the recording. Get it down and then take a look at it and go, you know what? I got myself a post.
0: That's really good. That's really good coaching, Debbie, because I think I've never really thought to do it quite like that. You know, I think I dumbed down. The social media posts because I have such a disdain for the platform in a way like I'm like oh god I got to post for Facebook Uh," you know like I don't feel inspired but I think if I took your approach that would be really vibrant writing and from the heart and I think that would that would have an attractor and it would make me feel like I'm in integrity with what I'm saying to people you know part of it is I don't want to just post out promotional stuff that doesn't have any kind of vitality or I don't know there's something maybe I'm just I grew up maybe not liking promotional material, so me putting it out there feels like a you know oh god here I go you know it's like, come listen to me you know, yeah like,
1: <laughs> I'm exactly like you so my my encouragement is live in the life of your story let anything from the life of your story be your motivator and take the word Facebook out of there and put in my guys.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to start with a post about this conversation because this has been really inspiring to me. Yeah. Yeah. So what what else are you uh, excited about right now? You've got your show, you've got your groups. What's exciting you right now?
1: It's so exciting to me to meet people that are stepping into their journey and they want to share their stories. And I don't care if they're doing it exactly like you are or exactly like I am if they want to write a 10 volume book, or if they want to write one blog post. I am so excited when somebody says, I think I have a story to talk about. That gets me so excited. So I offer a mastermind group that helps people claim that they can be an author. It's a 90 day process. I always offer the first two weeks for free on Facebook in a private little group where no one knows we're there. And then for the person that says, I want to write the book, I have a a signature program for writing a book. And for the person who says, I just need some one-on-one nourishment, Mm -hmm. I have that in my coaching available too. But honestly, to answer your question, anytime I'm in front of someone and they go, can I talk to you about my story? Can I talk to you about this? I just get so excited because that's why I'm here, is to help those stories come out. They give peace and love to humanity. We don't recognize it that way, but that's exactly what our stories do.
0: That's great. Oh, that's wonderful. I am jumping into that group because I need some support (laughs) with this. And you're just fantastic. Thank you so much. It's just always a delight to talk to you. I I just love your energy. I love your insight and your wisdom. And it's just, I just feel good when I'm in your presence. So thank you for the coaching.
1: Well, you as well, Tony. I feel the same way. You had up the archetype of masculinity in a way that is so accessible. And men have so much to learn just by being in your presence.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So we'll be connected. You put out a, a maybe having me and Lucas on around Christmas time. So I, yes. I, 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 would, I still want to do that. I talked to him about it and he says, yes, let's, we should go and do that. So if, if that's still cooking at the time, let us know and we'll come by and chat with you over there.
1: It's cooking.
0: It's cooking. Good. Okay. Thank you so much, Debbie. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Debbie. I always love speaking with her. Her show, Story You Talk Radio, is live here in Seattle on 1150 AM Alternative Talk Radio. And if you're not in Seattle and you want to listen, go find her show on Podcast One. If you're looking for support for your writing or you want to finally get that book done that you've been talking about, come join me. I'm going to be joining one of Debbie's Facebook groups and you can reach out to Debbie on Facebook and join. And we're going to be working on writing. I've been stalled out and I want to get Debbie's support because as you could hear in our show, she is an excellent, excellent coach. So come find out about that, and we will see you next week. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors, and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.